0: Your favorite toy truck nerds are back. Welcome to That Scale RC Show.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Scale RC Show, and this is episode 99. I'm one of your hosts, Travis, along with Adam and Jay, and thank you for joining us, one short of the big 100 that we currently don't have any plans for. (laughs) (laughs) It shows you how prepared we are. Yeah. I did did think it'd be kind of cool to do another, like, live stream show or something, but they can be a lot of work to kind of put together. It's also hard on like weeknights yeah. and stuff too. You know, if people are like actually going to be tuning into something like that, but I mean, we can discuss.
2: Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah.
2: i okay. move it to the weekend. Friday. Yeah. But yeah. um. Yeah, how are you guys doing? You know, same old, same old kind Pretty of much uh, licking my wounds from uh, my sports this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I no. didn't watch any of it. None of it.
1: In all fairness, I, I do wish that I do wish that my team was at least in it as opposed to losing while I'm in it. Yeah. I think just missing it altogether. together. have been spoiled the last decade or so.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's actually kind of funny because both our teams are technically rivals, um, yeah, divisional rivals at that, and uh, it's funny, we always had a joke because when the 12th man flag started coming out, we're like, yep, that's because that's when they started getting fans in 2012 when they started doing something.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, as a Seahawks fan, it feels true. His fan base is insane, but I mean, so many of them are like that too. It's just... You know, sports fans are just like anything. Just people are just flat out delusional. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's all it comes down to. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's been it's been fun so far. Though at the same time, to not really have any investment in any of it, and ahead of the head of the big game.
2: Yeah, I had some investment. I was hoping that we were going to be able to pull it off, but we got played at our own game. So. fair enough and then this week we got uh, King of the Hammers yeah yeah. I kicked off this last weekend with the
0: the Toyo Desert challenge that was a lot of fun to watch
1: kind of snuck up on me I haven't even I haven't even really been able to do anything with it yet
0: the race was gnarly it was like yeah Menzies broke a link and a drive shaft. And so he was out. Cameron Steele was out within like the first mile. I mean, it, it was it was wild. brenthel has been doing really good. They have a driver named Kyle Jurgensen that drives for him now. I guess the two brothers aren't racing. And this guy drives for him instead. And that's like who they're focusing all their team effort on. And man, did he do well. Like, they're actually a serious threat now, which is pretty cool. And they're coming out with an all-wheel drive car. So, there's probably going to be good things in the future with Brenthel. So yeah, was right. exciting, exciting to watch.
2: Yeah, all I really watched so far was just the shootout.
0: That's stressful, too, watching that. <laughs> just like, oh my God. That well, dude cool. from Arrowlids or whatever from that's on the laser team, man, he did well. That was so awesome to watch.
2: Yeah, but it was kind of funny. Um And I'm not discrediting him because, you know, we're not there driving doing it, but uh it was pretty funny. He pretty much just copied the same exact line as the other guy in the JHF truck or buggy that made it up there. The two-seater. So, yep. Yeah. And he just did it faster, so. It was, but it was, it was still fun to watch. The one that kind of let me down was they kept hyping up that girl in the rock bouncer, like she was just gonna, like, you know, let it eat, and she like didn't really do anything. And then I think she just too many back and forths, and she blew up the transfer case. Oh, really?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you remember that. No,
2: huh? yeah. I thought so, she just quit. No, she waved off that she was broke. Hmm. Oh. Because it's, cause you actually saw smoke coming out at one point, so I thought she had blown, she blew something, but the commentators were kind of like, uh, too many back and forth. She probably smoked her uh, transmission or transfer case. All the hype <laughs> for nothing. Yep, that's, and that's what was kind of like a big letdown. It's like, ah. And then the other <laughs> guy that I thought was going to do it, they were talking about uh, there was another bouncer that was, you know, he was hauling ass, and he was like, he was he almost had it a couple of times and they're like, Oh, he's just gonna put the hammer down, and then all of a sudden he just waved it off and he just drove down the other. You're like, What do you it's like <laughs> are you serious? It's there like it wasn't much of is, a
0: turnout, man. Like it was kind of disappointing this year.
2: Oh, I know, and that's why I was kinda like, Man, I wanted to see someone just, you know, put the skinny so. pedal down and just go for it. Yeah. Well, you usually there's always some like bouncer
0: dude from back east that you know, at least one or two guys that always just you know go for it and makes it exciting, but it was just not that. like, I think the guy that I was impressed with the most was a dude in the side by side that had the bouncer chassis made for it. Like,
1: that yeah, I killed it. Was King of nope. the Hammers lacking above a Bubba Bacon?
2: Cause <laughs> yeah, that's what lie. it
0: sounds like. Yeah, they could have used a Bubba Bacon or two.
2: <laughs> well, Damn. you know, it was pretty funny. Did uh, during um, so there was that that Canadian guy in the uh, whatever the heck that was that he had, like some big old thing on like two and a half ton uh, Rockwells. I mean, the thing was ginormous. And uh, Ian Johnson was doing his impersonation of a Canadian. Oh, I was laughing so (laughs) hard. (laughs) Yep. Uh, That was great. But yeah. and then I do got to also say, uh, you know, hats off to the whoever was flying that drone for some of that footage, driving underneath the cars and through the uh, the roll cages and everything. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah.
0: Their drone pilots are good. Like, all their drone footage and everything has been just super this year. Yeah. So. It, that is a huge production when you think about it with what they do with, like, graphics on the screen and everything else. I mean, like. Oh, yeah. Doing all of that in house is mind blowing because they are like, in my opinion, on par with televised sports, you know, like the quality of their program they're putting together.
1: Yeah, it's kind of wild the amount of just polished effort that goes into it.
0: I mean, it's just everything's just dialed and like they've been televising their um Drivers meetings and stuff too. I mean, like just that's cool. Ev- everything has been just super top notch. Like it has been really, really good this year. And it's just weird because usually you don't see that sort of thing in house. You know, they bring somebody in or yeah, you know, buy airtime with like Map TV or something like that. And yeah, it was, it's pretty impressive. At
1: the same time, though, I guess it kind of makes sense because if you're just doing it from a single event standpoint, then you can just kind of take care of all that yourself. Some things may be cheaper, but then also too, you can just run it your own way. Yeah,
0: which you know, because
1: there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people like drone pilots and stuff like that. I mean, those those people probably just contract tires for the event, and this is probably just use like the same people every year.
0: They were uh, they they were actually advertising on the broadcast that for a hundred bucks a day you can um, shuttle dudes around that are you can shuttle the drone guys around the course and stuff take them out to where they need to be and everything they'll pay a hundred bucks a day to do it and you get to see some pretty like remote areas of the race course that you can't from back in hammertown right
1: that's pretty sick
0: yeah that'd be really fun doing something like that no all in all it's just it's such a good program and i heard something about like sixty thousand spectators this year jeez that is so insane wow yeah i mean just Crazy, crazy, crazy.
1: Yeah, that's impressive.
0: Cool stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, not much else happening?
0: You not been... really. We got what was. I had what was new, and then it's just escaped me. I was gonna try and go into that.
1: You've been playing with that F four hundred and fifty, but though.
0: Yep. Yeah. So that's new in our life. We have one of the CENF 450s that we talked about on the last show. So that was pretty cool. As it turns out, the axles on that are like standard width. So you could actually use those bodies or, you know, it, in. What I would like to do is do like a chase truck and use the cab because you can buy the cab and the bed separate or all together with those 450 bodies. And so buy a cab and make a service box and stuff. But um, I thought that was pretty good news considering now, you know, that's another body option. I I thought it would have been too wide, but they use a standard style with axle, So that was pretty neat. The rear, the, it's trippy. The rear suspension is a three link with a panhard. Huh. Yeah, really strange. So like when you push down on it, like like if you're standing above it and you push down on the suspension, the front scoots away from you and the back scoots towards you because of the axle sway from the panhard. So like the whole truck kind of shifts when you completely bottom out the suspension. Right. So, yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't know why they... Did that? I. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I, I would have thought like a four-link would have been just way easier in the rear, but I guess... You know, the number of parts that you need and everything's fewer this way, though, because they reuse like two of the frame rail pieces, they reuse twice. So you've got like these, the curved end of the frame rail at both ends. And then there's just a straight piece of rail in the middle that bolts to it because the whole thing is an adjustable wheelbase. Like it Uh, comes like 247 or whatever. But like the entire chassis rails are all just Swiss cheesed out with holes like every half an inch. And so you can you have kind of like an infinite possibility of wheelbases and stuff with it. So,
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I guess I they're trying, I mean, I guess too, for a lot of those companies, like, you know, the CEN types, like their big thing is make it as cheap as possible. And right you know, So yeah. like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that actually probably explains a lot of it is that, yeah, that's probably the whole reason they did the panhard setup in the back and everything.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of parts on that that you see reused in other places. Um, it's got front rear sway bars, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh, nice. Like actually pretty nice looking sway bars, so that was neat. Um, one of the bummers is that on the RTR bodies they paint on the inside and they didn't mask off the windows or anything, so you've got painted windows, so you have to use their stickers. So that part's kind of lame. If you want to see through windows, you can you have to buy a clear body, but um, as far as like interior goes and stuff, the truck is pretty close to just being standard width. And so like I have a couple extra PLT interiors here and one of those Proline interiors actually fits it decent enough. So that was kind of cool. So no, it was just neat seeing one of those and seeing that it's actually like proportionately scale next to trucks like the night runner, for example, which is a crew cab. Tacoma like it they don't look funny side by side like they're almost the same cab width and everything just a little bit of difference you know and then of course there's the wheelbase so it ends up looking really scale with whatever you park it next to which is really cool so they did a nice job I mean there's some thoughtful little touches and stuff and I I would imagine the Ford licensing probably ate up a lot of their budget and that's probably part of the reason for reusing so many parts and stuff that's on a good it, point but. yeah I know it's pretty cool Rad, right. I'm excited to do an element version of it. I think that'd be a good time.
2: Yeah, they have a um. <clears throat> there's a flatbed 3D uh, printable file somewhere that goes right on the back of that. There's uh, I didn't realize it, but there's like a lot of
0: cool stuff for those. Like I joined a couple of the groups, and man, like there's some guys that are cranking out some grills that just look absolutely amazing and lift kits and i mean there's like definitely its own little fan base around that rig Uh, i was i was surprised
2: kind of like the ecto kind of which is kind of cool because remember i even said that i think it was in the last episode and i said you know it's funny because that rig is just like there it's just in existence it's like it's not a crawler not a badger. it's just there but it's got such its own fan base it's crazy oh it's it's
0: wild dude i mean there's guys that are making trailers specifically for him there's a dude that somehow got a to me a a 14th scale semi goose neck hitch in the bed like i mean there there's some cool stuff that people are doing definitely a lot of cool things for him. Of course, then companies like PowerShift and stuff, they have LED kits that are just mind-blowing, like mirrors with turn signals in them and stuff. I mean, just super, super sick things for them. Marker lights for the fenders and stuff. Cab lights. Yeah, really, really cool. So uh, it's just neat. It's just a whole little niche group that I didn't know existed. So it's kind of cool poking around and checking all that stuff out and looking at all the things that they do to it. Nice. Nice. Yeah, kind of neat. So, yeah, there's that. Um, Tamia either yesterday or today, I forget which, just announced their CCO2 Bronco, uh, late model Bronco. It's got, like, a cool, like, Overland-style roof rack and stuff, so that's new. Uh, We had the SCX-24 Jeep Gladiator. That just came out, and those are... 150 bucks, and they come with like little scale accessories like Roto Packs and a hard shell rooftop 10 on the back. And yeah, so there's some cool stuff popping up. Traxxas has released a whole bunch of colors of the TRX 4 Bronco. So, some new stuff floating around out there recently, yeah. more than last episode.
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
1: Gotcha. Well, um, do we want to get into questions and just go from there? Sure. Yeah. All right, cool. Start with Instagram tonight. So, um, all right. So first one is from at, oh man, they're challenging me with the names tonight. We're going to go, we're going to go with uh Spidey RC. It is, what is your ultimate build? One to one or one tenth? Keep uh, great show. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Ultimate build.
2: I'm trying to think like what that like, you know, entails. Like, yeah, because like for me, my which I'm getting you know close because I'm st- still gathering parts and working on it. But like for me, I've always wanted to replicate my one-to-one, um, which I'm sure if you've listened to the show long enough, I'm not going to bore you with it. But it's a 94k 1500 um, that's been solid axle swap. So I'm trying to replicate that in RC form, and you know now with the, the you know with all the 3D printing stuff, it actually can happen. So I have the body, you know, I got the donor rig that I'm going to use to you know, put it together, working on some figuring out what axles I want to do. I think I know what I'm going to go with there. Um, So, yeah, so that to me, I guess you could say is like an ultimate build um, because it's just something that I've always wanted to do. I mean, who doesn't want to replicate their own full-size rig in the scale form? For sure. So yeah, that would be my answer.
1: What about you, Dad? I don't
2: know I I think
0: I kind of sort of already started them or yeah I guess I'm kind of still in the middle of it I don't know probably the two like ultimate builds I wanted to do this that I've wanted to do Um, one was a pre-runner which I did with the night runner I still got a cage the inside of it in the cab but that was that black one that was kind of I've wanted to do a pre-runner build for a long time and then wanted to do a super detailed overland build and it's getting there. That's the green night runner. Um, I sewed a tent for it and some other stuff. So it's, that's kind of really like my two big ones that I've wanted to do for quite a while. As far as like real life goes, I don't know. i probably never really have, I, I can't foresee in the near future doing like an ultimate build or anything. So I'll just, I don't know. I don't think I really have a one-to-one ultimate build in mind because it's not really something that's on the table right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I can answer this. It just it changes.
0: It does kind of change a lot.
1: Like... I made HDM all over the place, so my answer today <laughs> would be different next week. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then Spencer at Sack the Ripper, who we had on last week, um, he says at this point in time, what do you find more appealing, scale realism or pure capability? And want an answer from each of you. That means you too, Travis. <laughs> Can do. How well, he knows you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I'll start off. I'll start off at this point. For like appeal sake, the scale realism, um, you know, just for like, you know, from a, like a, if I was doing a personal build standpoint, that would be like that's that's where my that's where my head is at. The pure capability stuff is cool, but I mean, it's also easy You know, I I mean, it really doesn't require a lot on the effort front to build a vehicle that's like, that's a really good crawler. It's, it's relatively simple. So the scale realism is, you know, a little bit added layer of complexity. You know, it's a little bit more difficult to use. And it also just, it's always changing a little bit because you just, you know what you want out of it you know kind of changes depending on you know how 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 in depth on the whole scale realism thing you're trying to go there's a little bit more of a rabbit hole more um you know more variety so that's like you know like that's the the builders kid v2 after we finish all the promo stuff with uh with a uh, grande um you know will will be more of a scale build but we'll see you know still want it to crawl decently too
2: No, I hear that. Um, Like for me, it's always been, I can't say it's always been, but 95% of the time, it's always been more scale appearance. But at the same time, I still try to make it somewhat perform because if you rob all your performance for the scale, it's like, you know, who's going to like, I mean, you could build something super scale, like, you know, make like if you, for instance, like an IFS Toyota. But if you don't let it, you know, if you still don't keep in mind some of the actual, you know, function or the form, then when you go out to use it, it's not even gonna actually be like the real scale thing, because at least the real scale thing can, can make do it, it. Some yeah. that's definitely that's definitely true. You can you can scale your way into something
1: that just doesn't work at all and its only use is looking good on the shelf for sure.
2: Exactly. And that's that and that's like you that. know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so so, yeah, so at the end of the day, you know, I try to bring into some performance. That's why, like, you know, to bring back up my replica build, that's kind of like to me why it's it's not something I'm just going to be able to slam out overnight because I'm dabbling into one, a new territory for me, Leaf Sprung Rig. Two, we all know that the Leaf Sprung Rig just kind of, I would say kind of like one to one, but... Not quite, because in one to one you can actually build leaf rigs to work really well. In the scale, there's a lot of fine tuning and tweaking to get um, to get a, a leaf rig to work really well. So that's why I'm taking my time, kind of trying to like do some research and play around with some ideas before I commit to it, because it's just you know it's a different beast. So, but yeah, my answer would be uh, scale with performance not forgotten.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's definitely... The best builds are the happy mediums in a way. Yeah, because it definitely does suck to have something that just doesn't work all together. But if you do just pure capability, it's... I mean, like I said, it's not very difficult. That's a pretty easy build to throw together if you just want something that just works and does nothing else. Um.
0: yeah. I think i have i don't know i like this i like them both about the same i'm really enjoying the performance side of stuff right now it's like the things that we're working on and everything and testing i like i'm i'm enjoying that as much as the scale stuff really yeah at for this, sure. at this point usually i think i like the scale stuff a little bit more but
1: yeah for sure right
0: now our focus is kind of shifted on some other stuff so it's been it's fun i i enjoy both i mean it's
1: it's
0: it would be really easy, I think to get burnout on just one, one type of driving or rig. So yeah, I think we're kind of fortunate that we have so many different things around us that it's just fun to grab something and go do whatever you feel like that day instead of just constantly working on like comp
1: stuff or whatever. So yeah, for sure. Um, Daylight Design RC says, "Running in wet weather, what do you guys do to keep your hardware from getting rusty? Me personally, I use uh, Fluid Film USA on my rigs, but what do you all use?"
0: I'll use WD forty if I have to, but most of the time I just don't and just deal with it. And I'll blow it off with air the first chance I get. And that's really about it. Living in Washington, if it's you kind of a matter pretty of time. much. Yeah, it's going to get wet and you're going to get little bits of rust like on your universals and stuff like that. It's just kind of part of it, I guess. So
1: It's like just hardware I mean, honestly, like if it's really bad which is very rare, I'll just I mean, if it's really that bad, I'll just replace the screw.
0: Yeah, if it's like pouring rain or something, like I'll hose it down WD-40 first and everything and that's good keeping mud off and stuff, but most of the time, honestly, I don't even worry
1: about it. We've never had anything like get like objectively bad rust to the point where we're like, Jesus, this looks terrible. Even
0: that rig that I lost in the water didn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of
0: rust on some of the screws on the rift, but not bad. Just, but that thing's also kind of neglected because that's just what it's made for. (laughs) You know, it just kind of gets beat on. So I don't care about the rust on that, but that's probably the one that's in the worst condition out of all of them as far as rust
2: goes. Sure. So honestly, I really don't do much for water other than the sooner than later I will, uh, clean it, you know, just because I don't, you know, I don't want it to rust, but, um, most of my rigs, like I said, if I, if it's some of my other rigs that are more like the beat up rusty ones anyways, I don't really care cause it just adds to it. Um, but if it's more of a nicer looking rig, um, then I do definitely try to clean it off also, um most of the time I will use a lot of CowRC products to kind of like clean and protect. So they have two Moo Cleans, you know, one for cleaning stuff off and then they got like a silicone um spray to kind of keep stuff protected. So I will spray that sometimes. Um just to kind of keep everything, you know, looking good, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And then uh mainly key yeah. components like anything in the axle you want to keep from rusting so that way you're not taking it out and then the thing shears off. So.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, as far, clean. As, far as, as far as we just like cleaning, I mean, there's a I mean, there's a million cleaners out there that work great, but I I've I've loved using like a bunch of like the maxima stuff and like kind of bring like over from racing. So like when I was doing the racing and then kind of brought the crawlers, I was doing, I just, for general, for general cleaning, I'll use like the maxima, like bio wash, like blue spray bottle stuff. I have their suspension clean, uh, can for doing all of, you know, the suspension stuff, especially like shocks and everything. Um, and then obviously the WD 40 for the obvious. And then usually when I'm done, I'll, uh, do a layer of SC one and wipe it off and then I don't have to touch it again for a while. But that's you know that's me getting pretty thorough. Like right now, like the power wagon is in like full tear down mode and is getting that treatment. Uh, minus
0: the moo clean.
1: Minus the moo clean. I'm not on the There's move no Moo clean
0: though. on that one. There's not, not. Not a bit. Not even a drop.
1: <laughs> um uh, rc's RC AZ. hey ladies and gentlemen thank you for continuing with great content and a good format into the new year what or when do you think element rc is going to do with their ifs kit do you feel there is a v2 ifs on the verge or do you think by them discontinuing the kit is their way of folding in on the idea i have my two cents on this just curious to see uh, curious as to what you see in the future be safe out there ryan
2: Real quickly, uh, I was uh, gonna say, yeah, that's our buddy Ryan Crowley. Yeah,
1: no, no, oh. once he once I read the Ryan, then all of a sudden it all came together. Now the RC's <laughs> make sense, okay? RC, yep. RC, and AZ got it, gotcha. All right, silly. All right, I understand now.
0: I don't know,
2: we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> the best, dude. all I gotta say is there better be something because if I miss out on an IFS kit, like once I see something available, I'm probably just going to have to buy it and let it just sit in parts because another build I'd like to do is copy my Duramax, but that's still IFS. So I need an IFS part to make that work. Mm, Gotcha.
0: I'm hoarding one of those kits in a box. So if it comes to that, I got you covered.
1: Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. I have one too, but I plan to use it. (laughs) So. <laughs> I have one, but you can't have it. Neener, neener, neener. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> um, I, I did. Fifth. I did have to go double check to see that it came down off the site, though. That was that was news to me. So I can't find it now on
2: the Associated website. So then we actually should kind of circle back and say, well, then you need to tell us what your opinion is. Message us and let us know yeah. what your thoughts are. Follow-up to next week's
1: show is is what is Ryan's take on the IFS. Exactly. Yeah. Well, then we can hedge the bet. See, uh, see if you're on the money. Um, project 428. Currently trying to decide the next uh, truck to replace my entry-level Everest Gen 2. I've never even heard of that. Uh, Thinking either the Element Trail Truck build kit or the Axial SCX-10 build kit, what do you all think is the best way to go?
2: Okay, so to just kind of let you know, Travis, so the Everest is uh, Red Cats. I guess you could say it's, in my opinion, it's like the Axial AX-10. It was like, it's more performance-based than Scalar. Yeah. Uh, but it is a crawler um so i mean realistically cuz he said what the axial or the element kit
1: yeah basically just comparing the build kits I, at
2: this point i mean re- you can't go wrong with either one to be honest yeah i mean those are two great kits they're the two they're probably going to be the two most po- those right now in scale rc axial and element have to be the two most popular brands so you really can't go wrong either way. Um, the Especially with those kits, the transmissions are similar. Um, I guess you could say axles are similar because there's still a centered axle, and it's a straight axle, not the portals. Um, the Really, the difference is with the Element, you're going to get the option to mess around with the overdrive and the transmission, whereas the axial, you're not. But you can buy aftermarket gears to mess with overdrive in the axles. You're just not gonna be able to do it, I guess you could say as relatively easy as you could with the element. Right. So I was gonna say that's gonna be your guys's, you know, Jay Travis, that's gonna be your guys' expertise. But um, yeah, you really can't go wrong with either one. So it's really gonna come down to just personal preference.
1: Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, I don't really have much to build up on that because, like, um, if, if you want just a straight paper-to-paper comparison of the two, I mean, very minute differences. So, I mean, I, I think they're even priced almost identically, too, aren't they? So, that I would have to confirm. But, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't, like consciously tell you which one is the way you should go both have their you know both have their pluses and minuses as as adam touched on um obviously you know jay and i are big fans of the element platform as of now but that's not us saying too that we don't you know we don't think axial stuff's any good that's not true at all so yeah i mean i don't know i mean part of it i guess too is and it's still going to vary but i mean what do you have any idea what you want to do with it too like what kind of build you want it to be. You know, then so the options d- available maybe you'd be able to kind of drive from
2: there. So price wise the um the axial raw builders kit is the exact same price at, according to A main as the Element Enduro builders kit yeah. at two thirty nine. But the Element Enduro trail kit which uh, they actually have t- two. They have the Trail Kit, they have the Builders Kit two, and they have the original Builders Kit. The original Builders Kit is also the same price at two thirty nine. It's two forty nine for Kit two. I don't know what the differences are between the two of the um, elements.
1: Yeah, I would get the Kit two if you're gonna if you're comparing them, especially if it's what you said is ten
2: dollars more. Is that what you said? It's ten dollars more. Yeah,
1: I would definitely get and the from kit two
2: the, then. Just the pictures. I'm just gonna say just from the pictures, like the shocks look upgraded.
1: I think the shocks are the, the shocks are the same, but they're colored a bit differently. The but the big they're thing gold. with yeah, the the, the, the kit two though has the, the shock towers. Yeah, the new shock tower setup and the new panhard bar. The adjustable panhard bar, which the kit, um, the original builder's kit does not have. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a, a, a G- big, yeah, that's a big one for there. Is, yeah. The, the GKS
2: aluminum there. track bar mount.
1: Yeah. That, that, that's, that's, that alone to me is worth the extra 10 bucks. Um, but yeah, then you have the the new tower set up. You get some of the parts with the kit too. If you were interested in doing something with like the gatekeeper, you don't like because a lot of those things are the same, like the same parts trees. So they include some of like they, they include like basically two of the gatekeeper tower parts trees and the builder's kit too because it's just more economical to include them both if you need the front and rears. It doesn't include everything. Um, it doesn't include everything you need to make it just a a uh you know just a full link setup or a trailing arm setup in that box but you do get some of those parts if that was something you were thinking about um but yeah i mean that's yeah i would be i would be comparing like yeah i would be comparing the the kit to versus the um scx 10 kit um if you can maybe you can find two though if you're trying to just get into a cheap two you can find an original original builders kit and to make the panhard bar work you just have to drill out the holes but yeah i mean that's 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 what i would do is
2: is look at those two now the other thing um actually reading the description of the um version two kit or doesn't matter just the element kit all in all it reminded me that the other thing too is with element they have the behind the axle steering whereas right. axial it's out front so remember if you're going for also a little bit of um, performance based keep that in mind because obviously having the steering behind the axle it's one less thing to get hung up on rocks take a, a beating all that um if you're like i said going performance wise but that's really like i said the small chain like the small differences is you're gonna get behind the axle steering, and the overdrive option. So really comes down to, you know, what you want to do.
0: Yeah. You do get better shocks with the Element. That is true. That.
1: that is true.
0: Like light years better than anything else on the market.
1: Yeah, that is, that is one unfortunate shortcoming about the axials, the axial like builders get and just kind of that line is that, yeah, the Axial shocks are not very good, in my opinion. I feel like the the standard has come a long way since then, but they haven't really adapted.
0: The ones on the Rift are not bad. They have bleeder caps and stuff. They're the best that I've seen Axial come out with since, like, the Capra.
2: The Capra had good shocks, and then this has good shocks, but these, the, the Rift... The the 10-3's kind of got the same similar stuff like the Capra and the Rift. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I want to say the shocks from the Rift were based on
0: the uh, Losi Baja Ray. Gotcha. Which, nothing wrong with low C shocks. I probably would have done the same thing if I was Axial.
2: Yeah. Well, see, in, in, in just like a side note, that's the kind of the benefit of like axial kind of like now being a part of a bigger family they can Mm -hmm. you know use other you know plastic
0: formulas and everything else that are available to their other lines yeah yeah that's definitely a big positive with horizon owning them is they've just got a lot better resources now for nicer stuff and Mm -hmm. i mean like it everything axials released since horizon is like noticeably better than what was in the past so it's it's working
1: yep yeah um yeah hopefully that that provides some clarity yeah, a lot of it is down to personal preference i think i i would think my my opinion based off of honestly this the suspension and just some of the geometry stuff i would be leaning towards the element but i said both both are good options objectively yeah um let's see um twisted fabco says new listener of the podcast fan of the show you guys seem really plugged into the hobby so what does your finger on the pulse say about the state of leaf sprung rigs in particular comp leaf rigs against linked and or a leaf only class at all comps judging by the activity in my dms leaf rigs are becoming more popular every day now boom racing has a new leaf rig um NWSD North Scalar Designs has a comp leaf chassis and even the new Trailfinder three. This tells me the market is growing rapidly. What do you think?
0: I don't think it's growing rapidly at all until you see companies like Axial and stuff doing them, but I don't know. They're cool. They, you know, ever there's definitely leaf spring fans out there that are, you know, more scale oriented guys and comp guys but i i can't imagine they would ever do a leaf class i mean class one was supposed to be for stuff like leafs and everything and now you've got flat rail chassis in there too so i don't know all the comp stuff can suck it (laughs) (laughs) because there's nothing scale about scale comps anymore so I don't know. I I Leafs are cool. There's always going to be people that like them. I would love to build a leaf rig. Um, looks like fun and be a different driving experience. But I I don't think that we're witnessing some revolution or anything like that happening yeah. right now.
1: I haven't seen. I have not seen any increase in leaf rigs. I think the the chassis and everything coming out like and those sort of things. I think my one. I think it's somewhat coincidental. That that's happening too. You know, if things like the Trailfinder 3, Boom Racing, having a new leaf rig. That to me is also the way that I interpret that is them offering something a little different to the market. Because otherwise, if they don't, then they're putting themselves directly up against, you know, either the big brands or they're trying to, you know, it's either put yourself against the big brands or find a niche. And that's that to me is how I interpret like the leaf rig leaf rig stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, it's cool, but I don't think like Adam was kind of kind of referenced earlier. It's not that you can't make it work, but I it's definitely much more tedious. I don't see any advantage in a leaf rig. And yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I, I have not personally seen any like increase or uptake in interest in leaves. Um, maybe you're seeing something I'm not. But, yeah, I, I, I have not noticed this.
2: So, um, just in case he doesn't want me to release his actual name, I've talked with Twisted Fabco quite a few times mm-hmm. because if you follow him on Instagram, that's all he runs is leaf rigs, And he's currently making his own set of, I guess you could say, I don't know if it's a kit, if he's going to be offering it to everybody, but he makes his own Leafs by hand. With you know, in his little in his shop, you know, and they work really well. Like sure, they're uh, their military wrap, just like the scale, you or just like the real you know, Leafs are like a true military wrap. And his rigs work, like they work really well. That's part of who I've been getting a lot of info from um, on what I'm doing. I just put myself in a box because I'm weird, be- and you know, I'm trying to make this rig something I could take everywhere and one of the events i go to is axial fest so that's why i'm trying to make it work with what i got um i guess to his point you know it is it is true that like leafs because it's not a as common i guess you could say because every rig as soon as you get it it's links every rig is linked now there's in my opinion a lot of of, you know reasons to that i think one in that scale it seems to work better You know, it's easier to get the geometry down, um, get it to perform really well. And at the end of the day, these companies, they want a rig that's going to perform well because then they can tell their friends, Oh, you won't believe what I did with this. Go get this rig. Just kind of like what we're talking about between the two kits, Like, you know, Oh, go buy this because you wouldn't believe the lines I'm pulling off. Now, not saying that you can't do that with a leaf, But like some of the stuff he does with Leafs makes you go, wow, if I could do that and have it look scale and be different, I want to do that. So that's kind of, um, I guess you can say where I'm at with it because it is cool. It is unique. It's different. And I think if it's just like down to anything else, it's kind of like, I'm trying to think of the the most polite way to say this, but it's kind of like the flat rail chassis or the quote-unquote comp chassis where they're like belly draggers and all in the lcg chassis yeah it's what happened what i think will happen is if if somebody like twisted fabco can get leafs to work really well and enough people can get into it and start doing certain things it'll become you know more i guess you could say popular because it's going to be like hey i could buy it a, B, and C, put it all together, and I'm going to be pulling off lines like this. It's the problem is your average person doesn't want to do the research where he's doing the legwork to make Leafs work, Yeah, and then he just releases something that works. I think it'll be eaten up, and that's when you're going to start seeing the popularity grow because, like I said, not a lot of people want to do the actual you know, figuring out like the geometry or the you know the the math behind it, or what material to use, and at what point is the leaf ring too long and now it's like hurting, you know, performance or whatever. But yeah, that so my answer is I'll see more. Po- you'll see more popularity once it's more Accessible. available and yeah. It really works. Yeah, yeah That no, you do, raise
1: a really good point about that is that Leafs are not. Not particularly easy to, yeah. You know, like it's not like it's a, it's, it's a little bit of an endeavor because yeah, you're, you're right. Like it's, it's not exactly something that
0: yeah, you can just, just throw them on in an evening and have a leaf rig.
2: Yeah, exactly. Ex- exactly. So yeah. So that's, that, that's what I see happening. And like I said, you know, I've been talking with him. I'm hoping to get a set of his leafs for my build and you know, make it, you know, like I said, make them work and adapt them to what I'm trying to do. Um, just because, like I said, go on his Instagram and watch any of the videos he puts out. It's amazing. Like just watching the way the rig, it like, it flows almost like it's linked. Like the way it, it'll actually articulate and just go through the motion. Like it's, it's pretty amazing because I think everybody has that in their head. Like, oh, I've seen a trail finder two go down the thing. It looks like a bouncing ball that has no <laughs> sure but his work really well so yeah
0: nice yeah the other thing too with the Trailfinder finder three is that that trail finder two is such an old platform that it was due for a newer version so I also mean, that, that was just kind of something that was just a long time coming
1: yeah yeah like i said i think all that happening is kind of coincidental um by all means though You know, if that's something then, you if the context is, is that something you're working on, like keep doing it. There's opportunity there. I wouldn't put it into the market rapidly growing category, but that's not to say that like, if you can, you know, if you're trying to make something and you're, or you're trying to make it like accessible and available and have this as a like off the, you know, come off the shelf item, definitely do it you know, because that, that, that alone is a need. So don't, I, you know, definitely don't let that discourage you. Um, yeah. Next one from freestyle RC. What do you guys think of the RGT brand? I heard they're very popular overseas. At first I dismissed them as an AliExpress brand that wouldn't have part support, but they keep growing and have some great priced rigs. Have you guys looked at their stuff at all?
0: No. They, they make whatever. the Element 20, the Element Enduro 24, so, I mean, I, I think they do a good job.
1: Let me link it in our call here. On the, I was on their website earlier when I was pre-reading the questions. Pre-reading? The, uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's, um... I mean, I'll be 100% honest with you. Kind of looking at what I'm looking at now, I have no real opinion. The bodies are kind of neat. Some of them seem a bit small. But,
2: yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, some of them, you know, like, for instance, like, I'm just looking through, like, what pops up, like, you know, on Google for like popular products, like they have two Jeeps, both of them, which look like they're almost out of the, like, I guess it's, you know, it's the nickname they've gotten. The China hard bodies is what they look like. I don't know if those are hard bodies or not. Yeah. I know. Um, I know what you mean. And then they also have like a, I mean, I don't even know what to call it. It's almost like a morph between, the modern, bron- I guess it almost kind of looks like a modern Bronco, but it's called an RGT RC crawler. It's one tenth. Um, it's a two door uh, thing. Then they have another one that looks like the older Bronco, which, you know,
1: this is really yeah. interesting. The more that I look at their stuff, the more it looks like that they just tried to make rehashed versions of either old RTRs or popular just bodies that were available. Like, yep. if you look at the tenth, like if you look at the 10th, like if you look at the ten scale, uh, just all their ten scale items, you know, they have their, their crusher that is almost identical. I mean that. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the body for the crusher, I mean, it's, you can definitely get a sense of where that came from. If you look at the rock cruiser, RC four V two, um, I think i mean obviously it's all a little bit land you know a little bit land rover inspired but at the same time i also get i also immediately get some dingo nostalgia when i looked at this like yeah. a, a lot of these are like that i was also looking at the chassis a bit too um and some of these like how they also have an fj one i've noticed um but the sizing, the proportions look just a little odd to me on the FJ. It just looks almost small. The Gladiator-looking one looks really small. Um yeah. Looking at the chassis... Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Yeah, not much opinion. I also, though, can't see... I'm not, maybe I'm just not seeing it, but I don't see any pricing on their website. So it looks like I have to go find all of it somewhere else.
2: And the funny thing is too, like, and I'm not trying to cut them down, but you know what this looks like to me? Like their chassis and everything. Mm. This looks like the original axial crawler setup. Yeah battery in the back, all the electronics up front, the three-gear transmission in the center. Like I mean, it has a lot of that feel to it. And I mean, it's just like so if you're going for a performance, I'll tell you right now, you're going to have to change all of that cuz you got way too much weight in the rear, which is kind of like like I said, it brings back to like how the hobby was. Almost like the answer you were saying mean being that like they're bringing back like the old you know, rigs and stuff. Um, but that's how it was when I first, you know, started getting into the scale trucks is we had to, you know, basically get a rig like this, strip all the electronics off the front. Um, you'd have to do a battery tray right behind the rear tires, horizontally across the frame rails. So that way you can get, you know, the weight up forward. Then if you wanted to use the back, like tray area for anything, like if you have the room, if you're using an SUV, Jeep body, whatever, you could get, um, you could then put you, your ESC and receiver and all that stuff back there.
1: You know, it's a
0: also lot of interesting. These are very short wheelbase too.
1: I'm also noticing a lot of these are very different in terms of layouts.
0: Yeah, they have one with the three gear and the battery up front, but it's like a nine inch and something wheelbase like <laughs> Okay, 255, and then there's others that don't like
1: this is my favorite promo piece I've ever seen for an RC car. Here, I'll show I'll send this to you guys. I was looking at the Crusher, because this one also has a different one. And they have the foresight to also include a Cobra next to the vehicle. What? Yeah, open up the image I just sent in the chat. Yeah, if you go to the Crusher page and you scroll down and you look at the chassis layout. Oh, yeah. They just have <laughs> Bionics appearance. Bionics appearance, and it's just a picture of a cobra. <laughs>
0: There's so much that's lost in translation. (laughs) 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 Some of the names are pretty funny. The running boards are called fenders.
1: This also has an internal like an inside mounted candy lever setup. Oh yeah, it does. Look at that. It's probably hard to get the very bizarre.
2: Yeah, so this one with like that motor all the way up forward like that, it's almost like a hybrid between like something like you do with like a Toizuki or like even like the, what is it, the VS410 Pro or whatever, the one where they put the motor all the way up forward like that. Right. It's almost like a hybrid between that and then the mod that you would do to put the battery horizontal. But, but it comes with, so it's interesting, it comes with, according to this picture you sent, Hobby Wing ESC, so they got Hobby Wing on board, you know, with some stuff. So I I mean I don't know. Hobby
0: Wing OEMs a lot of ESCs,
1: though. Uh, Hobby Wing OEM's a ton of stuff.
2: But yeah, those shocks in the rear are cantilevered.
1: Check out, okay, here, check out this one. This is I'll send this one too. This is on the Pioneer.
0: I'd have to see some of these, like me too. Some of it, I like. Like, there's some good ideas here. Like the cantilever one's really cool. Like, I don't know. I feel like that thing kind of deserves some attention from people. But I don't know. I. It's interesting. seems like I mean,
2: the same uh, transmission setup, meaning that it's got forward. The motor goes up front. Yeah, you, know, you got the transfer case in the center yeah because i was looking at the pioneer when it was actually the full i think it was the pioneer no the rescuer when it was a full car and yeah it's definitely interesting yeah so
0: they've got man i mean they they have a lot of options i do like that they have a lot of short wheelbase options so i do think that's cool yeah
1: definitely interesting for sure Speed,
0: speed car speed car I love what they call stuff. It's so funny.
2: Well, they're based out of the yeah, they're based out of China. Yeah, they definitely are like
1: one of the Alibaba brands for sure. But I mean, they do also seem relatively for for definitely a lot of pulled inspiration. Which I mean, in all fairness, for China, that's nothing new. But yeah. they do also have. I mean, in all fairness, a lot. I mean, a lot of this is. Fairly in tune with the hobby. Like they're definitely not just making nonsense.
0: Yeah, I know. they've got Jeeps. They've got little rigs. They've got one that looks like a power wagon with exhaust stacks. That ought to get somebody excited.
1: Yeah. That was the one with the Cobra
0: it comes with stacks. Yeah, I know.
1: Yeah. Whatever happened to stacks?
0: It's got a butt. Oh no, they're there, dude. Just wait. Look on the cen four.
1: Oh well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an outlier. Of course, those are gonna have stacks. There's a dude on there with four
0: octagon shaped <laughs> stacks in his bed. So sick, dude. Double stacked <laughs> stacks. <laughs> it's so funny.
1: I do like also one of the pictures of the uh, <laughs> one of the pictures uh from the. The the crusher. This is a really good promo they did. Was, they used the same uh, same source material as the new Halo show? <laughs> there you go. Uh, the vehicle in the back and everything. Bionic appearance,
0: Cobra not included. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. I mean, stuff looks. That's definitely interesting. Um. yeah I'd have to look at pricing and stuff but I mean I can this imagine it's crawling cheap. around
0: inside an old abandoned building
1: yeah well if you, sc- if you scroll down on that page too they're also then in like the Middle East and some something sort of something
0: says smacks in the background SMAX <laughs> dude they're showing that thing in like a crime
1: scene Oh, here, here. Oh, yeah, here. There we go. Pretty sure this is what the. They
0: should have used the forest or outdoors and trees and stuff instead of. Yeah, I'll send another uh, one. Murder scene.
1: Oh, wow. Are you saying Petra and Jordan isn't the particular backdrop for.
0: That is actually one of the premier crawling spots. (laughs) Scale Nationals are actually going to be in Petra next year. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
0: different. That is a really poorly uh, photoshopped picture.
1: Yeah, these yeah, are the things
0: i Really, it only comes with one stack, not two. There's not one oh. on each side. There's just got one yeah. stack on the passenger side.
1: Really? Explains why. Well, it's got an air so filter
0: cheap. on the front side, though. Oh yeah, an outside the hood air filter. Man, <laughs> that is
1: old school. Anywho. Yeah, definitely interesting. All right. So
0: strange.
1: All right. Chris Trudeau, checkered pass 503. He says, really enjoyed the last show with Spencer and all that body talk. I was curious how important it is to you personally having a logo or manufacturer of a car brand on a sticker sheet. Um, should companies perhaps follow element and offer bodies in the likeness of a manufacturer or having um, or as having a manufacturer? At. Huh? I don't What's know. What's he, he
0: asking if we want stuff to be licensed or not?
1: Basically, you know, I think he re asked the question again later. So I'll, I'll just read a second question because I think this basically okay. covers the thing. So, yeah, he said really like last week's show with Spencer with all the body talk, would customers be more apt to saving a few dollars for an unlicensed body made in the likeness of a manufacturer of Runner, the uh, metric versus paying more for a licensed body like the TRX 4 Bronco by Traxxas? Um, yeah you know for the argument you have two opposing brands similar features in the RTrs but one offers a licensed Toyota body with the Toyota logo and the other is a Toyota likeness but no no Toyota logos and the cost difference is 60 bucks for the Toyota over the non-toyota you going for the savings or the official
0: oh, it just depends how bad you want that particular car yeah I think I mean definitely it's, it just
1: especially if, I mean it, if you it, can it, get bodies too you know like that to me well yeah and then there's me, like at like all.
0: Yeah. And then night customs and then us make all the things for making it a actual Toyota at that point. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just what car body do you like better and how much do you want to spend? I think, you know, like, yeah, they're, they're selling lots of both to lots of different people. So it's just, yeah. Come down to personal
1: preference. hundred percent honest. I just don't care about licensed bodies. Not
0: with the things that we have available to us now, you know, with like...
1: There's so much you can do.
0: Yeah, you know, and like there's little dudes like Night Customs popping up all over the place for other things. Like, well, like what we saw again with the CEN 450, you know, guys doing grills and mirrors Mm -hmm. and stuff. So, I mean, they've got kind of their Night Customs type alternative for that crowd. So, I mean... unless it's just something bizarre and off the wall, you're probably going to be able to find something to turn it into whatever you want. You know, like the G made Buffalo, that wouldn't be very hard to turn that into a Chevy blazer, you know?
1: Right. Exactly. So, yeah, Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's kind of my take on it. I mean, yeah, every, yeah, it's a hundred percent down to preference because some people like it has to be licensed. It has to be the thing I, I could care less.
0: I mean, I, I prefer licensed stuff, you know, but so. I also don't mind having to, you know, give a rig a makeover to make it something, you know, accurate. So yeah, that's, I,
1: I mean that's fair. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, he also uh, he also said recently joined the dark side. Added a leaf spring uh, truck to my collection. Was this a wise decision or choice? I'll soon regret.
0: I bet he'll love it. He'll
1: probably like it. I don't like.
0: I I would have fun with a leaf spring rig, and I've never even driven one. And like, I just I know I would like it because sure. it's something different. So for sure, like it for me. I don't even have to think about it. Like I would I would absolutely pick up a leafer rig right now if I if I had to.
1: Justin Gebhart says, "The ecto body is my favorite non licensed body. What's your favorite non licensed body? Keep up the great sh- uh, the keep up the great work. This show rocks. Thank you." I'm gonna
0: have to say Ecto for me, because I love that body.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess I mean it's 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 definitely a toss up between that and the Night Runner.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I've always had a soft spot for the honcho body um, just because it's screamed. Toyota Wheeler, but it wasn't. I one was cool, nice and yeah. To um, and then, honestly, the other one that I have that I think is really cool is that one from Parma that says, I think they called it like the SUV crawler. It's the one that looks like the two-door Tahoe. I mean, the thing is a spot-on two-door Tahoe, but they labeled it something else. <laughs> you know...
1: It there's a lot of good arguments to be made for a bunch of different bodies. Like, I still think the the dingo was super cool. Yeah, the dingo is super cool, and like that kind of gunmetal color we did when done upright. The deadbolt looked awesome too. That was a really yeah. Cool body.
0: I've I've always liked the deadbolt too.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good unlicensed bodies out there. Um, it's hard to pick a favorite. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'll always have a soft spot for the Dingo because that was kind of like the first, but that thing was, in my opinion, super cool. Um, Eric Warren says, here's a scenario. A new rig is being released in a few weeks. Your local hobby shop gets them early but can't sell until the release date. That shop will only display the boxes but will not open one for customers to look at. Another shop an hour further away has the same rig, but they opened a box so you can touch it and feel it. A third shop, ninety minutes away, has one opened and you can test drive it. Which shop are you going to?
0: Is this a story problem?
1: <laughs> I think this is a. I think this is a real problem.
0: Is this math?
1: This is, I, I don't. Know. This is I'm foreshadowing. Confused. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like it when they have the cars out of the box so you can pick them up and look at them. The first element I ever saw in person was at a hobby town.
1: RC Excitement has 12 scale crawlers. Someone steals four of them. How many do they have left? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That's...
0: I'm probably not going to drive... Out of my way to look at one out, you know, like uh, I don't know.
1: I mean, the question that I, I mean, yeah, that's I mean, I'm lazy, so I mean, I, I, I don't care enough to go like to go there. Yeah, you know, I
0: buy all kinds of stuff side unseen.
1: The part that the part that I'm interested in this though is what. They, I mean, they can't sell until the release date, but if I mean, this is a very like. Specific scenario which means which which indicates to me, unless I'm like missing something here, I could totally be missing something. Here. It indicates to me that a vehicle is coming out, which they have, which in my mind, in that case, should not be publicly displayed at all. So, I'm wondering what the scenario is here that's being driven. Because if it's like if it's simple, if it's um simply like you just can't sell them. Or anything like that, and that's like you know that's just the rule. But there's like the the you know supplier didn't give any guidelines as to you know X Y or Z. Then I mean, I I mean I, I would open one up, especially if this is being regarded as a problem. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. Or are they just flat out breaking those you know breaking those terms? I mean, I, there's a lot of layers to this. As far as yeah, me would, as a customer, I'm not sure. Like I like I said, I, I've never really been in a scenario where I would have cared enough to make the drive. Because if I know about it to even make that drive, I probably just drooled over it online already.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. Um, and then also, like, it's still there's so much, like, I guess you could say information we're like missing um because i know there's a lot of stuff just from you know having friends that are in the industry and stuff like you know if you got your quote-unquote um what's the word when they give out their release or their whatever it is um they're like they, a lot of these companies will give out like a, I guess you can say like a release package yeah, or whatever a blurb. Meaning they- yeah, yeah. You get a you get one rig to show off in your shop, um, store, and you know to kind of like let people check it out. You know, pick it up, feel it. You know, it's like a demo, and mm-hmm. you know, and then that usually comes out like a couple weeks to maybe a month before the actual release of those cars. Um, But then if like this is something where they're not doing that, or it's a company who doesn't do that, and they release this stuff to this sh- to this company or I mean your store and they decided to put it out there early and blab about it, you know, they might be doing that, trying to get people to show up or check it out and, you know, drive sales. But at the end of the day, if that company, you know, comes back and says, hey, we you we told you this is you where you're, you know, the rules of getting this, you know, early or getting this information early and you just totally whatever. Now you just lost your privilege of us ever sending you anything, you know? So I don't know. It's, yeah, like if know. I
1: was the supplier, like if I, like let's just for this, if I, if SOR made a vehicle and I am, I, you know, and, and RC excitement has, you know, is a dealer for us, and we're you know we're shipping that vehicle to rc excitement and i give them the verb like hey like this is you know when you can sell it this is when public information come out here's when it's okay to announce it like all those things and if that was violated in any way that is the immediate end to that agreement and i am never sending them anything again
0: yeah i agree exactly
1: yeah <laughs> So that's the, that's like the question that is raised for me. Like that is my biggest, like one of the things that, I mean, we haven't talked about this publicly yet, but one of the things that I'm trying to do um, a lot in the background right now is kind of work on, work on a bit of our dealer network for SOR. And that is my biggest hesitation is that, that is that if i because the to do that right and to also give them their piece of the pie right they're going to need pre-release information and then product ahead of time and that is like my immediate go no go of if that is even remotely violated then that agreement's done and like that's that's something that suppliers just don't tolerate like that i'm not i am not an outlier there so yeah i don't know I mean, if it, if that's not part of any of it, though, and we're reading too much into it, and you guys just haven't opened one, then, yeah, I don't know. Then I guess you guys have to make a sales decision. <laughs> Plainly. You know, I don't know what they plan to do if they're, they're going to sell theirs open box or whatever, or if they're just going to keep that one as a display. I mean, I I also don't know the scale of the release. So, yeah, definitely a lot of missing info. It could get, it could get taken a lot of different ways. Um, Stitch SK Hobbies, he says, What are your recommendations for upgrades for the Red Cat Gen 8 V2? Is it beneficial to remove the portals and go to straight axle shock upgrade options? Who we're probably the worst people to ask about Red Cat stuff.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, we have like the least experience with that, and like we're both like. (laughs) Brand bias to other brands. <laughs> so, I mean, we try not to be like
0: we we do try to be objective, but there's
1: objective, at the same, time, yeah. I, I mean, we're relative. I mean, I think we're objective, but at the same time, we don't know anything, honestly, enough to like answer even these questions. I've like, heard
0: people say that they love Red Cat stuff, and then I've heard other people say that their stuff's junk and it breaks easy. So, I I don't it's know. like any I mean, other brand, yeah. There's so many of them floating around out there that if I had to guess, I would have to say they're probably not that bad.
1: I'm so, I'm sure they're better than people give a credit for. I mean, I'll give Red Cat all the credit in oh, yeah. the world. They've definitely done a lot of work to step beyond the image that everyone yeah. had of them for some. reason. <laughs> They've been years. trying to play catch-up since day one. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I'll give them credit for that forever. Um, and they picked a would, scout body. They picked a cool body, and
0: people yeah. love it. You know, yeah. they only have the, what, one, two, no, two scout bodies. They have a hard top and a open top. And then they've got their Wendigo and what that's really, oh no, they have another one based on the windigo, the Marksman, that eight scale Jeep.
2: Yeah. So I mean really and, they have
0: very few body options, but even that being said, like they still sell lots of them.
2: So. Yeah. And also, I know it's not crawler-related, but they also have uh, the 64, the low rider. Yeah,
0: yeah. And they have that new one, too, like Monte Carlo, I think. Yeah, it's a Monte Carlo. It doesn't hop, though, from what I understand. I think it just has other hydraulic stuff. I don't think it hops. It looks really nice. I mean, Red Cat's bodies look pretty good. I mean, they have, you know, molded plastic details and grills and stuff on everything and headlight buckets and stuff like it you know i think it's a step up from the rgt stuff that we were just talking about Definitely, as far I, as like realism and stuff but,
1: but definitely yeah i definitely would not be like struggling to give you the comparison of the rgt versus the red cat like to me they're not in the same category yeah i'd buy a red cat over the rgt Defin- any day, definitely definitely yeah yeah, I mean I mean it really if it, it, I mean Yeah, I don't know. It, Red Cat like I feel I feel I'm almost positive I've said this before, but Red Cat is like where Scale was like Scale Crawlers was like 4 to 6 years ago. You know, like they're just they're they're making good stuff, but they're just a bit behind.
2: That's a fair assumption.
1: or a fair man. assessment. Yeah, like they're just—it's just all a bit late. But I mean, I—I I feel like they're doing good given. you <laughs> know, you said one, I like this you know, the scale
0: vehicle trend. You know, like yes, the sixty-four and the Monte Carlo and the F four fifty Dooley and like all these just scale trucks. I also not think
1: necessarily crawlers. I also I think, think that cool. Red Cat understands too a little bit of where their market is though as well because same thing. You can try and get on the level of element, axial, traxis, but at the same time, you have to assess what you have to gain in it because Red Cat does have good market share of a lot of different areas of RC from like the complete novice side of things. And as far as I can tell, Gen 8 sell. You know, it's not like they're not selling at all. You know what I mean? Like people have them. I see them like I see them regularly referred to, whereas, you know, a couple of the other like sort of brands we've touched on here and there, like we never hear anything about ever,
0: You you know, you got me thinking here. I wonder how many people are in some of the red cat groups.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I bet if you, look really this cool. is, I mean, not I don't mean this in a mean way by any means, but if you, I bet if you go and you look at the demographic of the Red Cat groups, it supports what I just said, though.
0: Probably. So there's a Monte Carlo group with a thousand members. There's a Rampage owners group that's 1.8 thousand. Um, Red Cat Racing Tips and Tricks group, 1.9 thousand. Redcat Cat Gen 7 mods, 1500. Huh, Red Cat. Let me try Red Cat Gen 8 and see if there's a Gen 8 group. So the biggest one that I've found, yeah, Red Cat Racing, 12,000 members. So it's about the same amount of people as the Element Enduro one has.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, 12,7,000 members in the Gen 8 group. So,
1: yeah, I feel like that's, yeah, a pretty de- pretty decent amount.
0: Red cat's one of the admins, so that is their own group like element, so okay, yeah, i would I would say they probably have maybe a little bit smaller market share overall than element, but
1: and the, yeah, definitely this particular section, but I mean, yeah, I mean, red cat definitely is, is also appeals to just the very like entry level of RC sure. and say what you want, but it that, that, that's the area that makes money.
0: I've seen lots of couples with red cats, like boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, mm-hmm. wife, like they'll both go by. It's a, a very specific observation. The trail. Well, it, I, I, there was a, there was several people in our old club that had them and, there was a couple, a couple couples that had them. So. <laughs> huh, interesting. All right. Yeah. That was how I learned that they don't use body posts. They have magnets that mount the bodies. Oh, that was cool. That is so cool. I was looking at one of their trucks.
1: Um, last question we have, I believe I'll confirm, but, uh, from Paul Shulman, he says, what are y'all's thoughts on the ISDT 70 ESC that came out? Will any of you be trying it?
0: Who makes it? I've never even heard I of it. I am
1: looking it up right now because I haven't heard of that either. Who are we? Um, oh, Jesus. Jeebus. I think it's...
2: Uh, huh.
1: I don't know. I'm just getting a bunch of AliExpress links. <laughs> Probably a Hobby Wing.
0: ISDT something.
1: Yes, C seventy. Yeah, here I'll send it. I'll send the send the eBay link. I'm on. This is what I found. If you have to buy
0: it through eBay and there's not like. I
1: can't find just a website. It's like eBay, AliExpress. <laughs> I sure as hell would not buy it. <laughs> no way. In switch, hell. Bluetooth module, blue and. or uh, Switch, Bluetooth module, two and one. That's a. Okay. So it's one of those like.
0: I'm going to be really straightforward. Phone. This thing's $34. It's a huge piece of shit. <laughs> I wouldn't buy it.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just wouldn't even. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Big piece of shit.
0: <laughs> I mean, just everything about it like, no website, no anything. And it's $34.31 with free shipping. And where is it located? China. China delivers from ships from China. So I, yeah, uh, I would probably avoid that ESC at all costs.
2: Well, okay. So here's the thing. So I'm not trying to sound mean, you know, or as harsh as Jay, because you know, this guy's probably really looking for, you know, a quality answer. And you probably just shot shot him down. <laughs> well, I felt probably like that was super, probably, probably I probably saved him 35 bucks. But probably, okay, super you probably sad did.
1: Now.
2: You probably you probably did. But here's the thing it's like unfortunately the way everything's going, it's like you you get these brands that come out with anything that could be tunable via Bluetooth, but like they come out at a really high price. So now when you have something that I would say is very affordable, you that know. True. You're gonna you're gonna have a lot of people looking at it because, you know, it's half the price. Now, the question is who wants to be the test subject yeah. and get that and try it out to only find out, like Jay said, it's a big piece of shit. And you end up wanting the Bluetooth capabilities and you got to go buy something that's like, you know, realistically you could have bought four of those four and you got one that works fine. Now with Bluetooth, it's yeah. one of those, uh, it's hard. Yeah. It, this I is mean, the hardest. Part. This is honestly these questions or like this area of the hobby is always what is so hard because I'll be honest, your average person you talk to, you know, they, they have a budget for these rigs. So, you know, they're not looking to drop two, three, f- you know, $400 on electronics for a rig. They want to keep it all within like a hundred, 150 right. bucks for everything. So I, it's hard because some of this looks appealing. I've had my fair share, you know, and I'm just going to say it with like top CAD from Asia Tees. I went uh, that route way back in the day. When I was like super green in RC. And I think I was like, I was all proud of myself because I'm like, man, I could build back when ranchos were, you know, the thing. I was like, I could build this whole Rancho with all these like, you know, nice red anodized parts and this, that, and the other. I was like, man, I could build this whole thing for like $200 cheaper than if I would have got all this like stuff from like Axial or Vanquish or whatever, you know. And I was all stoked. One ride, one drive down the trail, and the thing broke, I said, never again will I ever skimp out on stuff like that. Well, here's uh, he, here's more of a real
0: answer, I guess. So I run Teakin Electronics and almost all of our stuff, with the exception of a few RTRs, which is has reedy stuff. Teakin is some of the most, like, tunable electronics on the market with hot wire. And I mean, you can go in and do curves and all kinds of stuff. And it has a Bluetooth adapter for their brushless ESC, super, super adjustable. And I probably spend hardly any time ever adjusting anything. And I've never really like programmed an ESC out in the field or had to, like, I just kind of know what I like. So, I mean, all the, you know, fancy Bluetooth stuff and everything, I, I can't, I just don't see it being used that much to gamble on something like that. Now for you know, ten bucks more you can buy a Hobby Wing 1080 or you can buy the Reedy SC four eighty X, they're both about forty-four dollars. And I think that's a way safer bet. For twenty-two bucks you can get the Reedy programming card. Um and you can get that thing tuned however you would like. The Hobbywing comes with a programming card. So, I mean, yeah, the phone Bluetooth thing is cool. Are you really going to use it that often? Probably not because we're like, you know, pretty much neck deep in the crawler scene with building rigs and everything else. And I just have no use for any kind of, you know, Bluetooth adjustment on an ESC really, I mean.
1: Okay, so here's, here's my take on this. Because I kind of agree, I kind of don't. My, my thing is this, and this is not me advocating for this item by any means, right? But, one, you know, to dispel the myth of cheap Chinese shit, I mean, everything we're using is made over there, right? Yeah. Obviously, quality of engineering is always going to be a thing. There is such thing as bad design. But, so, I mean, at the same time, I'm sure, and there's still stuff that, you know, even we would be surprised to find out, but I mean, so many of these things are made in the same places. Like I said, mm-hmm. when I, when, as soon as I opened the link up for this, it wouldn't surprise me to learn that this is some hobby wing OEM or something now for 35 bucks. Yeah. I'm a big advocate as to like what uh, Adam was saying, you know, buy ones, cry ones kind of thing. Like you shouldn't skimp on electronics. It's a lot of money. I understand that it's worth it though but at the same time if you're looking at like tunability things and you don't like like the thing with like hotwire or programming or anything like that all that functionality is great but there's also a lot of people there that 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 look for that functionality but don't understand any of it and yeah. one case that could be made for this granted you know I can't speak for how reliable it is but a case that could be made here is that if you wanted to try and learn and have some low risk learning for thirty five bucks with a potential Bluetooth app, a Bluetooth app, uh, app connection, you can maybe you know play with some of this because like doing you know just trying to do some of my due diligence here on at least like what their specs are, right? You know you have the um, it's supposed to, it, you know it's a seventy amp SE, supposedly be able to do two to three S, um, you know XT sixty plugs, right? It's got a built in BEC though. Um, you know, supports up to seven point five volts, um, and you can adjust within apparently adjust within the app. Um, you know, you can adjust your PID frequency and everything, adjustable active drag brake, adjustable brake force, um, and then you can adjust per uh, slope as well. Um, you know, it's got a lot of built-in protections and stuff like that. So, I mean, if you're trying to just learn, this is a relatively low-risk option you know, yeah, you cannot spend, you can spend not a whole lot more money and get some stuff that does have proven track records, which we would obviously always recommend, but I would not be as inclined to immediately harp on it because I mean, hell, for all I know, like I said it, it, it could very well be made by some, or I mean, a, a brand that, you know, we, that we are aware of also to may end up be branding one of these things in the next six months or so and selling it knowing the way that this industry works so i mean hard to say you know i mean it's it there's definitely a lot of takes you could you you could you know you could you could approach this with um you know like we've said i definitely think it's all it's always worth just spending the money but you know, if you're also interested in just kind of figuring some stuff out or giving it a go, as long as you understand what you're getting into, you know, I mean, for I mean, the the, the total possibility exists that for you know, thirty four dollars and thirty one cents, you're getting a really great entry level ESC, and nobody knows it yet. You know, so there's always that side of it as well. But I think the only way you can approach that is if just you go into it accepting that risk. You can't buy that and then have it fail on you and then be pissed. Yeah. You post
0: on Facebook, how much of a piece of crap it was.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like that, that you have to, you have to like, you're going to own this mistake. You're going (laughs) to own this mistake. But I mean, other than that, you know? Yeah. But I mean, no, but to answer, to answer your question, no, none of us will be trying it. Because no. there's not really anything for us to gain out of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, That's. I think that's it as far as questions. I just need to confirm because Facebook likes to hide them from me. I did expand everything to all comments and said I'm most relevant today, though. So I don't think I left anybody out.
2: Uh,
1: I think we're good. Yeah, that's it. And we are right at the hour and a half mark. My God. Wow. Look at us. A full show with almost no topic.
2: Uh, we're pretty good at this now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Seeing a thing or two. <laughs> Um, yeah. Anybody else have anything in closing? Not really. Not really. I can do a little bit of foreshadowing. This will make Adam happy since he's always trying to, he's always trying to get us to plug something. Um, prototype parts for Grande ship out tomorrow.
2: Woo. Yeah. Nice. It's about time you guys start using this to your advantage.
1: Well, we've started this whole thing on the show now about Grande, and someone complained that we, there were no
2: Grandes on the last show. So, I like that uh, Excuse two. me, I thought I said Grande once on the show. On the last one? Yeah, I swear I thought, or maybe I was thinking it because when you guys were talking about something and I said, uh, isn't that Grande? And then I think you laughed and said no, or maybe that was the show before. I can't remember. I can't remember either.
0: I don't pay attention to anything that we say. So.
1: <laughs> have you heard of it? <laughs> hey, can I interest you in a ISDT-70 ESC? <laughs> 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 what are your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, I'll have some pictures to hopefully post next week. Fingers crossed. Start sharing a little bit about what it is we've been working on this whole time. But, uh, yeah, yeah, coming coming soon. If anyone actually, I don't know how many people actually like follow me directly or follow the SOR page, but I actually had a story post last Saturday or Sunday that had some of the new parts. Um, if anyone happened to see it, but yeah, we'll be sharing a bunch of that soon. But yeah, other than that, I have nothing else. So we can we can wrap up.
2: Yeah, I got nothing. Cool.
1: Well, all right. Um, oh, how are we doing on Patreon shipments, Dad? Uh,
0: I need to try and get them all out. Okay. <laughs> I'll, try, <laughs> I'll try and work on that some more this week. Okay. Just got a lot going on. I'm sorry, everybody. We've been pretty busy.
1: All good. Only so much time in the day. I will update the Patreon as well. Let everybody know. Cool. Alrighty. Well, thank you everybody for joining us once again and we'll see you for the big 100.
0: See it.